Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So I'm never swimming again. I mean, I wouldn't anyway. <laughs> like, there, people think I'm weird when I'm like, I don't go in the water. And you have to understand that the water is full of. Uh, and even just the, the things that we know about, there's no end to the nightmares in the deep. Uh, and if you then take into account the things that we don't know about, uh, sure. the, the ocean being this vast, unexplored, uh, potentially unexplorable, for all we know, uh, force. No, no, there's the... Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You, you know what would be really cool, though, uh, I thought, is if uh, we took all of the thoughts and ideas and technology we have about space, but then put it into the sea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then we realize that there's like underground, maybe aliens mm. and in mm. the sea. And mm. then also like we teach a dolphin to talk um, and, uh, you know, and maybe make a show about it. Like a, uh, you think like going on a quest? Like a quest, in but in the, the sea, sea. <laughs> yeah, in in some sort of like deep sea vehicle, uh, in some sort of right. I think that would be uh, most ideal. Is yeah, what, is that what DSV stands for? I don't know. I hope it does because that it seems. Well, I mean, it seems a little too obvious, but it's probably something not as obvious. What does DSV mean? I'm I'm looking it up now. Okay, good. But we were talking about the show Sequest DSV, uh, which is uh, the show that uh, Set Condition 1 is going to start doing immediately after <laughs> Battlestar Galactica ends. They don't know this, but I've is, already is contacted that, it. Is that how we get renewed for a fifth season? We, we have to pivot to, to Sequest? <laughs> Switch over to Sequest DSV, yeah. What does uh, 100%. Which, by the way, if you guys are not uh, listening yeah. to uh, Set Condition 1, uh, whether or not you have watched uh, Battlestar Galactica, the 2004 series, Battlestar Galactica, that was on the Sci-Fi Channel, mm -hmm. you 100% mm -hmm. should. Uh, if you've never seen the show... Go back and start watching it. So watch an episode and then listen to an episode of the podcast because it's great because there's no spoilers throughout the episode. It literally just is like it's true. episode, episode, episode. And, you know, as it goes, like as though you're watching it for the first time. So it's really cool. A lot of cool facts and, and cool insight. If you are a fan of a uh, fan, if you are a fan of if you're Battlestar Galactica, if, if your name is Fran and you like Battlestar Galactica uh, and I've already watched the show, then you should go through and wa uh, listen to the series anyways because it's great to see it through the eyes of uh, somebody who has never seen it before, mm -hmm. especially when like the very first time they see a very specific character and they're like, that's a Cylon. And then three seasons later, they tend to be right. And you're like, fucking what? How? <laughs> uh, like you, you didn't, the writers didn't even know at this point. Like you, that's ridiculous. I would say uh, that, that that statement in and of itself is a spoiler, but uh, she did that a lot early on. It's true. So it could be anybody, really. Um, I mean, that's that's the thing. Is anybody's a Cylon? Yeah. So if you're a if you're a fan, a Fran, or a Stan uh, of the show, you should definitely check it out. Uh, submergence, deep submergence vehicle. Uh, uh, well, that was close. It was very was close. close. Yeah. Um, which, you're close. You're close, and you st you still are. <laughs> uh, this headline is Star Trek Picard basically just Sequest DSV for a new generation.
<laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's, Aaron, a, that's a that's a take. Uh, you know, that, that <laughs> it's not a bad take. That is, that is an interesting thesis statement, and uh, right. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see how you uh, defend it, uh, yeah. Emmett Asher Perrin. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy wait i had a thing uh i was going to talk about but i've completely lost it at this but oh so you know before we get going on with our show yeah. uh, i do want to point out that this coming week we have two speaking of star trek it's two huge premieres this week oh so first and foremost speaking of star trek yes. we have where no mom goes before uh where no mom has been before has, has gone, gone before, before. Yeah. where no mom has gone before because it's like where no man has gone before yeah. i know i'm still waiting uh, to get there. <laughs> uh so uh yeah so brand new series so the host of the superpod hero cast uh casey and his brother colin uh have have brought on their mom uh who was a longtime star trek fan she she made them kind of like made them grow up on the original series uh and they're gonna go through and they're gonna watch every single Star Trek movie uh, in order of their release date. So this is pretty cool. And the very yeah. first episode airs this week. It's very great because first off, Colin and Casey are great together. Like they really balance off, but their mom is just adorable and I love her and she's great in the show. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Night Shift Radio, we've heard a couple episodes, but uh, uh, it's just, it's just so good. And uh, you guys should definitely check it out, especially if you're a Star Trek fan and more specifically, if you are a Star Trek um, movie fan because the 55th anniversary, right, of Star Trek in general is yes. out this year because it's on Star Trek Day. The 55th anniversary of the release of the original series, uh, as we, we talked about last week, I had originally misspoken and said that it was the 50th anniversary of the the motion picture. That's what uh, I thought too. Which would have yeah. felt apt for the, like, that's the day that we, uh, we do the thing. But no, it's, that's, that is not correct. The 55th anniversary of the release of Star Trek, the original series, uh, a seminal work of science fiction history and very, uh, very influential uh, in many of our lives, uh, especially my, myself. I, I can speak to that. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, next generation is how I learned to be a manager. So, <laughs> Picard management tips. Picard management tips, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, um, excellent. So that's the fifty-fifth anniversary of that, but also the fifth season premiere of the Super Pod Hero Cast that's is true. Uh, is also this Friday. So they're coming back after their their summer break. They always go on, go on summer break because they're like teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, they go mm -hmm. on summer break and they're back this Friday. Uh, this coming Friday, September 9th, and they are going to be talking about the uh, the original Wonder Woman movie, like the first Gal Gadot, uh, Gal, Gal Gadot Wonder Woman movie. Um, so that's pretty exciting. They're back up and running, and then they're they're up pretty much every uh, every two weeks. Um, so this is this is a big week for for uh, Casey Ryan. Now, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no spoilers for the uh, the Superpod season, but was the list of movies that uh, they they posted in in Slack earlier? It was it was that the upcoming season? That is the upcoming, uh, not the entire season, but the upcoming next like four or five episodes. Holy yeah. hell, that's a I know that's a powerhouse season. Sure is. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Oh, those guys, uh, they, they lucked out finally after a string <laughs> of just terrible films. Oh, it was just, yeah, they've had like the worst of the comic, like scraping the comic book barrel. And then the next like four kicking off with Wonder Woman are just fantastic. So they were, obviously, if you want to know the next episode, you have to listen to the one episode and see which one they pull out of the hat, out of Thor's helmet, I mean, to uh, choose. But they, they were absolutely dipping into our territory for a while. And frankly, I was oh, offended. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know what, guys? Like, we try to keep this separate. You know, we don't want to overlap. And it was just, it was too much for a while. <laughs> um, but I mean, in my opinion, not the case with our movie today. No. So, that being said, uh, let's dive right into it. <laughs> mm. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I'm Caleb. And uh, I can barely swim and have absolutely zero survival skills. <laughs> None. Unlike Sweetheart. You, uh, um, you, you dump me on an island by myself, I'm just going to find the easiest way to die. Uh, yeah. Because it's going to happen eventually. And why prolong it? Right. Why suffer? <laughs> just make it. Make it happen. 
<laughs> so we are here to talk about uh, the the movie uh, uh, Sweetheart. Now, this was actually a Blumhouse uh, uh, original or Blumhouse original or a Blumhouse production. So, uh, for those of you that are not familiar, they are huge in the horror world at this moment. Um, they they've cranked out a lot of really good ones. Uh, in the past, uh, I think Happy Death Day, which I fucking love. Oh, happy yeah. Death Day, you do and Happy Death Day to you. It, it is such. It was just such a good movie. It was a very good take on the reliving, you know, the Groundhog Day type thing. Uh, but it was just fun. Um, uh, but th- those movies are are Blumhouse as well as what was like the really really big one. Oh. Um, Ready or Not is another good one that, that was actually pretty oh, that funny. Looked very good. Um, it was really good. They're doing a, a new installment in the Halloween series uh, coming up soon. They they were cool. involved in the uh, the Forever Purge. Uh, yeah, the Purge movies. Yep. A uh, the the Craft Legacy. Um, mm. was, uh, the Invisible Man was the the big one recently, but also oh, the right. uh, uh, looks like maybe a, a Fantasy Island remake. They have done a lot. The Fantasy um, Island one was pretty good too. I watched that one as well. Uh, oh, it was a very interesting take. Um, Prey, Black Klansman, um, the first purge. So they've done a, a, more than one of the uh, the purge movies. It looks like uh, nope. the election year, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. I saw that. I saw that. I think in the theater. <laughs> Gem and the Holograms. Really? Okay, I can get into that. Uh, okay, is that one that they did, or is that is coming out? This is listed on just on their their films page. Let me let me get a little more details. Uh, own it on DVD now. This was a live action gem in the hog. Did I know that this happened? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I've seen that movie. It's a cute kids movie actually. It's pretty uh, good. I mean, I say kids. It's more like a family movie. It's not like geared towards kids, but it's it's, it's a cute movie. It's just funny because it doesn't really fit with the rest of these like at all yeah there's just like these random not scary movies mixed in with all of these other just absolutely insane i mean they did the, the well, it's like activity films and then the adventures of tom thumb and thumbelina <laughs> what? well so that's like what? if you've ever seen the full moon features like they do shit like that too so okay. they'll they'll do like you know, evil bong six six six. You know, like uh, smoking them titties or something, and then it'll be like prehistoric, and it's like an animated series about a bunch of dinosaurs and a kid that befriends them, and it's like a complete rated G film, and you're like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, how do you go from that to that? Split the uh, the second in the oh, M Night Shyamalan right. trilogy was was apparently one of the I actually liked that movie. I know a lot of people shit on that movie. I I didn't mind it and I thought the ending was great. Specifically, you know, I mean obviously the big tie-in, but I I thought it was pretty good. I haven't seen it. I want to see it and Glass because I want to see the, the whole trilogy. I I did really enjoy Unbreakable way back in Shyamalan's heyday. Um yeah. I was a little bit put off by the um uh, portrayal of uh, dissociative disorder in, in the movie as being like, well, just basically the, the way Correct. that this character is uh, like, oh, well, he's just dissociative. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really necessarily what it's like. So that that put me off a little bit. But at the same time, it did look good, and I do want to see it. So Yeah. I, I would say my rebuttal to that is is that it's he's portrayed as having DID. Mm-hmm. But you learn throughout the movie that that's not actually the case. Gotcha. That it's something a little more supernatural. Okay. So it, it well, becomes less about that. I mean, I get it. I totally understand where people are coming from. Yeah. And I do I do understand uh, the hesitancy or, you know, being like, but uh, I felt to like it. I was like, okay, yeah, but hmm. it's not really that. It's kind of this other thing. And But I understand why you would think that because it makes it seem like hell. But yeah, totally. The other- It walks the line, I'll yeah. say. I walked along. The other big recent <laughs> one was Ma, the uh, one with Octavia Spencer. Oh yeah, I went and saw that one in the theaters. Um, so, that was actually pretty cool too. Was, that was a really cool like thriller. So uh, there has been like primarily, I think, led by uh, the the efforts from from Jordan Peele, uh, who has just become gone from being like you know known for for comedy to being a like a master of horror uh there's been this like i I don't know if i can say resurgence because i don't know enough the history of of the genre to know if there was a surgence to begin with but this um just 
like brand new batch of amazing like black focused horror stories uh, that is coming out, and I, I think the movie we're gonna, we're talking about today uh, fits pretty well into that. But you know, the, I think like, Ma looked at me. I haven't seen a lot of these because as much as I love horror, it is hard for me to find uh, the time and the motivation to line up at the at the same time where I can I can watch one. Most of the time, totally. when uh, I could watch a, a well, you know, say a scary movie, you know, like whether it's scary or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, would be right. kind of late at night, like you know, maybe Alan's going to bed or whatever. Uh, but that's when I have the least desire to do it. <laughs> right, right. And so I've I've missed a lot of these, but they just they look amazing, and um, you know, I, I want to see every single one of them and celebrate this this new uh, like expanding of the the horror genre and yeah um so that that's a very long way to say that i have not seen ma oh okay cool (laughs) (laughs) it was good though it it is really good it's uh it's not as scary as though it's i mean it's scary in the sense of like yo that's fucked up scary but it's not scary in the fact of like monster jumps out at you type scary right it was just good yeah um so we're actually talking about the movie sweetheart uh and this is uh available streaming on netflix uh so we're switching it up a little bit we're got we're getting a few other uh streaming services out there so i actually saw this movie when it first came out on netflix and i remember watching Watching it and then reflecting about it later, uh, and this is actually relevant to uh, uh, Caleb and I. I okay. realized I was like, "Man, the script for this movie must have been really small mm-hmm. because it's only really one actor for the majority of the movie, and she doesn't really say anything." You know, like unlike in Castaway, where Tom Hanks talks to himself and then eventually he builds Wilson and he talks to himself. Yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, Jenny, I think is her name, or Sweetheart, as as you know, they're referred to her as. Uh, she doesn't really talk to herself. Like she'll exclaim on things, but she doesn't like speak out or monologue. Yeah, she yells shit a lot. Yeah, uh, which I, I guess mean, there's I your content. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you you uh, no doubt have seen this at this point, but uh, sixty eight pages. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty interesting. So, so uh, to put that into perspective, uh, most of the time, a movie script, uh, a feature-length film, it's about one minute of film per page. Mm-hmm. So, a typical, you know, ninety-minute movie will be somewhere between eighty to a hundred pages. That is just, you know, how it is. Now, the reason why, you know, to kind of break it down, why this film has so little pages is because. Most of the film is just taken up with her doing actions. And a lot of that can be described in one to two sentences, mm-hmm. you know, because the script isn't a novel. It's meant to direct the actors. It doesn't say, then they took four steps forward, turned to their left and did this thing. Yeah. It's like, we see them putting together a raft, you know, so like they don't walk through step by step of all the process. So there's a lot of things of uh, that are just happening that could just be, you know, several, you know, three pages of just sentences like now she's doing this, then we see her do this, then we see her do this. And it's mm-hmm. up to the actor and director to interpret that. Yeah, I say a lot of this stuff like doesn't even necessarily have to be described out because then the, the director can just take it whatever <laughs> direction uh, they want uh, in, in the moment. Um and yeah, so this this movie fits into uh, a lot of uh, my favorites, uh, not only in the horror genre, but particularly of of recent years, movies that I've watched where uh, it's very small cast, very small close setting. Um, there's there's not a lot of room for it to breathe, which then like creates this natural sense of uh, closeness and tension, and mm-hmm. then it just like kind of. Almost like keeps closing the 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 scene little by little by little around the very very small cast, uh, and I love the the effect that, that creates. You know, we we get for most of the movie, it is just Jen on this island by herself, yeah, uh, just trying to figure shit out, and I I love that because it it um, it it. I feel like it, it, you know, going back to what you were just saying, it creates a lot of freedom for like how they want to portray this character and for the what kind of uh, emotions they want to evoke from from scene to scene because you don't have it all planned out for you. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so the main character is played uh, by Kiersey Clemens. Uh, Kiersey Clemens um, is uh, most recently you've probably seen. Well, not most recently, but you've probably seen her in a few things or, or at least know of her. Uh, she was in uh, the movie Dope, which was um, dope, which was very dope. Yeah. My, if you haven't seen it, very good. One also of my on favorite Netflix. movies of the of the last, let's say, last decade. Honestly. Uh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal film. Yeah, um, she was in the movie uh, Lady and the Tramp, the live action version that's on Disney Plus. Uh, she was in. This is actually a really good movie, which uh, we might cover this movie one day. Um, a movie called Heart Be- Hearts Beat Loud. Oh. Um, it stars uh, Nick Offerman. Um, uh, oh. Really cool movie. So she's yeah, in that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like Nick Offerman, Blythe Danner. Uh, yeah. Tony Collette. Um, and then she uh, is, uh, I guess, as you'll probably know her, she is Iris West in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that's, that's probably true. where you would recognize her face the most mm. um, uh, for, for those of you that are Super Pod Hero Cast fans or <laughs> movie superhero movie fans in general. Um, yeah, so she's the one flying through the air with the hot dogs about to hit her face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I half expected one to like go into her mouth and him to like be like, haha, and take it out. You know, I don't know. It was a silly scene, but it was, it was fun. Uh, um, but anyways, funny because so, I, I recognized her immediately and I was like, where? So I looked her up and I was like, oh, dope. There it is. Yeah, that, that would be why. Because I, I watched your face in slow motion fly towards the screen. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the movie starts right off the bat. So the very first thing we see in the movie is Jen washing up shore. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Jen wash ups on shore, um, you know, and she, you know, we see her, she's got a life vest on, you know, she kind of spits and sputters and it's like, what the, you know, fuck is going on. And she looks around and she sees, uh, one of her, of the people that she was with. We don't really know. We learn a little bit later, but like right off the bat, we don't know how she wash up on the shore, how she even got anywhere near where she is. We mm-hmm. don't know any of that yet. Um, and she sees one of the people she was with and, you know, she turns him over, uh, turns her over and her, him, 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 Brad, him turns him over. Oh yeah. Brad. Yep. She turns him over and sees that, you know, he's, he's got a giant piece of coral sticking into his side and he's pretty beat up <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's coral. Uh, it's coral. great because, uh, Benedict Samuel who plays Brad, uh, had a small, but very creepy part in the walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Also was uh, Jervis Tesh, who uh, is the the uh, the the alter ego, I guess the the real ego uh, of uh, the Mad Hatter uh, in the show Gotham. Oh, yeah. interesting. He, All right. I, I think you know you look at the guy, you know, like yeah, we're gonna cast this motherfucker for some creepy shit. <laughs> Sorry, Benedict, oh, but yeah. like I think you know, you, you know, <laughs> you, you know what's up. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you know, actors know exactly who they're. You know, like I, so many of uh, my friends. We were just talking about this with Sarah Sweeney. You know, yes. she was like, she was like, yeah, you know, she's she's a voiceover actor, and every time she gets roles, she was like, ah, great, I'm the mother again, or <laughs> you know, the, it's like, yeah, well, you know, it sucks. You have, uh, you have a very soothing and reassuring voice, mother voice, right? But you know, she should not be typecast as that. Anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, so you know, she's like. Uh, hang on like I'll I'll try to help you and she starts like kind of scavenging the island really quick smart gal now I will say that you know all of all the the things that she did none of them were like okay that's a little over a top like they were very just like I'm just gonna MacGyver you know shit what I have but it wasn't like it didn't feel like it was too much. Like I didn't feel like, you know, she was doing stuff where I'm like, who the fuck would know this? Like she was very, this was like basic survival. I kind of, I'm a little bit mixed on that because like, yeah, she didn't, I mean, she wasn't like, you know, building a a shelter and like going out and, and skinning animals for fur and like all sorts of like crazy shit. But like there was stuff that she was doing. Like you don't just like, naturally know how to do i don't know yeah but i mean she also kind of lucks out because there was a bunch of supplies you know so like we know how she got fire we know how she gets a cooler you know that kind of stuff which i mean a cooler would do absolutely no good without ice it (laughs) it would just it would Um, just be like a heat box 
And I guess also, I mean, we see her like she she catches some fish. Well, first she she gets some fish that have washed up on the beach, so that's like not even fishing. So that that's that's fair. Uh, she's more scavenging there, uh, and then she tries, starts preparing the fish. And that's one of those things where like you don't just know how to prepare a fish. You also don't just know if a fish is safe to eat. Let's be honest. Uh, but, yeah. But I, I I will suspend my my disbelief when you see her like fumbling with it, like doing a really bad job of trying to cut the head and tail off the fish. Yeah. And, like, it's unclear. Like, she kind of mangles the first one, and it's unclear if she even bothers to eat it. I think she just throws it away. She was just like, just fucking like, fine. Yeah. So that, that's where I said, like, you know, some of it's a little bit like, how, how, how? You don't... Mm. Like, none of the... This isn't singling her out. No one in this film, though, the, the, the very small cast, no one seems like the type of person that would have survival skills. Uh, yeah. So when I say you don't seem like the type, that's not just her. Um, right. And this is also me. Like, you know, maybe I'm projecting. I definitely am not the type. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know, like, the thing like the thing that she does, like, oh, I found a coconut. I'm going to pop open the coconut because I know there's water in the coconut. Sure. No. I know that yeah. because, you know, just cartoons uh, and life. Uh, so sure, I would have thought of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, would I thought of spearing fish? Yeah. Would I have been able to do it? Fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have been like just stabbing at water for eight hours a day and be like, well, I guess I'm going to die. Like, what is hella clever is her decision to catch a bunch of like minnows or something like that and like chum them up and throw them in the water as bait. That was fucking clever. That was smart. Yeah, which she does. So... Anyway, so so getting to the beginning of the movie, so, you know, first she's like, oh, I got to, you know, help Brad, and I, she go gets coconut, she grabs a rock, she bangs over the coconut, gets the water, runs back to Brad, who has died right off the bat. But the very, the very last thing that Brad says to her sets the tone for the movie. He says, did you see it? And, of course, what's great about this line, and it was really clever, is... She she just doesn't take note of it, and the film doesn't linger on it. Mm-hmm. He just says, like, did you see it? And she's like, hang on, I'm going to help you. Hang on, I'm going to help you. Like, she's just still focused on helping, and she runs off. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back, you know, he's died at this point. And, and she never, like, says back out loud or focuses on, like, did I see what? What did he mean? Like, we yeah. never get that moment. But, like, as a viewer, you're like, wait, did he see, did you see what? What the fuck did he mean? Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. I really, really like that they did that. Um, there was a lot of things that I really like. I mean, the very first time you see it was just fucking great. And we're going to get to that in a minute. <clears throat> well, and again, like the the it, I mean, we know from reading the, the synopsis of this that this is a creature film. And yeah. uh, creature films can... Uh, can go very right or very wrong uh, quickly uh, based largely on how much you actually see of the creature and how soon. And that's something that, like, you, you go uh, a what is it, you know, Jurassic Prey or a uh, shark exorcist. You see entirely too much for entirely you know, too much of the movie, and it's really bad creature effects, you know. We've done to death how, how terrible those movies are. Uh, but then you go like the complete opposite or something like Cloverfield where you only get the slightest glimpse and it's at the very end. Uh, like it keeps that the suspense the whole time. Uh, this sits somewhere in between where like we get little little snippets at first uh, and then kind of in the, the back half of the movie we see more and more and more until we eventually see the entire thing <clears throat> a few times. Um, yeah. Thoughts on the creature effect? Uh, so the creature effect, great. Okay. Creature design, evolutionary questionable. Okay. Yes, um, I agree. <laughs> where's Ethan? We need to get our, uh, our, <laughs> our, our re- resident creature expert in here because I have a few questions. We'll get to those at the end, but I got a few, uh, yeah. how, how are you surviving there, fella? <laughs> Um, so, uh, so she's, you know, trying to figure out fishing and she's kind of wandering around the island. And and the very first thing she does is walk the, uh, the circumference of the island. And, you know, you see her kind of walking around the beach and you eventually see her, you know, stop and look and there's Brad's dead body again. And she's just like, fuck, you know, I mean, she doesn't say anything, but you could see it on her face. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. 
This is a very small island. Um, you know, she then kind of makes her way inland a little bit. Now, uh, this island is not very big. No. Um, and the the implication is that it's so small that it doesn't even have an ecosystem. There did not appear to be any animals whatsoever on this island. We see a couple of birds Wait, here and there. A but there's no crab like, and like a, a baby sea turtle. But right. Those were but mostly like, for like ambience. Yeah. And there's, but there's no like, animal like there's no mammals on the island that's that's our our uh you know there's nothing there's no mammal or reptile uh floating or you know be living on that island so it's really just birds it is literally just this tiny island that exists uh in the middle of you know the pacific or something like that wherever they say they are um so at this point uh um She's, you know, she's she's kind of going inland. She's trying to figure it out, and then she she stumbles across a bag, like a purse, hanging off a tree. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh!" Um, and then she's like, "Help! Hello! Hello!" You know, like she tries screaming for help. She's like, "Oh, somebody must be here." She opens up the bag and sees instantly that the bag has been sitting there clearly for a very long time. And yeah. you know, she sees a few things in it. Uh, nothing really great <sighs> as of note. Um, but then she kind of sees that there's been like a little campsite has been made. Mm -hmm. Um, and she finds a, another little tin, um, that has like a box of matches and, you know, some photos and just a few other little things. There's a cooler that has a two, uh, things of Coke in it. Um, you know, two sodas in it. So that's about all she's got. Um, so now she's like, well, shit, I guess I'm here for a while. Which, Um, um, wisely the those even though they were would clearly not be anywhere near cold uh they would have been kept out of the light so the soda actually probably was still good yeah yeah which we we do see later yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah um so at this point you know she sees like oh there's a flare gun there's you know just a couple other things that she's like great you know all the standard i'm trapped in uh, an island sort of things that people always conveniently have Mm -hmm. um you know so this is where we get our montage of her like you know kind of not really building a shelter but like figuring out a little area where she's gonna camp uh and that and then shortly after uh we see a uh is is the flare gun and then the suitcase or the suitcase and then the flare gun? Uh, the suitcase is a little bit later. So we, we get a, a real slow, steady ramp up in the, the tension of this movie where, you know, first night uh, she's there and it you know, rains really hard. And, you know, the, the next day she's walking around the beach and you know, she finds all the fish that she collects to, to try to eat. But there is a shark that's like half like half a shark body on the beach that's just absolutely mangled. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, she, um, uh, goes about her days. You know, she, she builds like a, you know, kind of a, a half ass, like lean to sort of shelter or like a, you know, basically like just a, a tarp over some trees. And, you know, she, she continues fishing and the coconuts and all the survival stuff. Um, and trying to think about it, but it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's about then that the the suitcase washes up and she finds some some clothing in it that she, she you know she needs a, a change of clothes after however many days. We assume. I mean, she says at one point that the the story happens over the course of about a week, so um, we know that um, we don't we don't know how long they she was. On the ocean, but we know that, she, that she's only been on the island a couple of days at this point. Uh, but she goes to the, the the suitcase, finds some clothes and whatnot, and uh, uh, like it's it's that night I think um, when the, uh, the, the there's a plane going by and she shoots up a flare to to try to get its attention. And as the flare is dropping, she sees a silhouette of a humanoid but not human thing coming out of the ocean towards her. So she. She goes to hide. This is our first glimpses of the the creature, and she manages to uh, like duck in a little like ditch somewhere, and it and it doesn't see her. Which seems to me like this thing would be a better hunter than that. Maybe not on land, though. Maybe, um, maybe not. Maybe it's kind of blind. You know, the the its four eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I will say, the scene of the flare was great yes it was it was such a wonderful like i would even put it up uh, um you know even more tension building than the scene of uh seeing jaws for the very first time Mm. 
you know, where he's chumming and then the shark comes up and he's like, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. Which, so there's a story about that line. Um, so the reason why that line happened, it wasn't actually written in the script. It was actually a joke, uh, from, uh, from, uh, what's his name there? Roy Scheider yeah. is because, uh, the boat that they were using, um, to basically ferry all the crew and take care of everything kept sinking <laughs> and they kept adding stuff on it and it kept like being a mess. And so the running gag was like, I think we're going to need a bigger boat because they kept having to replace the boat. Uh, so when he sees the shark for the first time, first time as a joke, he said, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and it ended up working so well that they kept the line in the movie. That's so very fun fact. About fucking that. iconic too. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, it just became standard for that movie. Yeah. So having experienced that this creature like came in the, in the night and, and hunted her and she, she managed to survive that, uh, the, we had seen at one point that there was a hollowed out tree, uh, that had fallen. And so she, uh, you know, checks that out and, you know, climbs in it, into it for shelter for the next night. And the thing comes and she's, you know, um, and they're trying not to scream as is like clawing at the, the branch and like moving it with ears start to roll. And eventually it gives up and, and goes away and she comes out the next morning. And, uh, this is very clearly not going to be a safe shelter for a second night in a row because it's, it's pretty rickety at this point. Yeah. And this is where the tension builds up. Now, I, we do want to point out that the one thing I really liked about this movie and that I feel like a lot of movies fault, you know, uh, uh, kind of building on uh, what Caleb was saying about seeing the monster is that a lot of times they'll introduce the monster and then it just becomes run and hide from the monster mm -hmm. for the rest of the movie it, to the point of like like a Jason movie, you know, yeah. or like a Michael Myers movie where it's just, <gasps> he's right there. I got to run. I run Oh, super close call. Oh, I'm going to make it. Okay. It's the next day. Like, mm -hmm. it's not that she's, you know, she spends her days cause the creature seemingly only comes out at night. So she spends her days planning, you know, still collecting food and stuff like that and planning like, how the fuck am I going to get out? You know, at one point she opens up the suitcase cause it, the suitcase was floating and fills it with, uh, the life vests from, you know, the various people that have washed ashore and, mm -hmm including herself to try to like float on it, but it just falls apart. And she's like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. You know, so she's, she's still trying to concoct a plan to get off this Island uh, yeah. as she should, because there is a giant <laughs> creature coming to get her. Um, but it is very like three, it's suspenseful. It's not as like jump scare coming at you the entire time. So one thing that I, I was thinking about as I was watching this and would kind of like to see, someone play with the idea of uh, is that because this is such a small movie and we know that uh, Jen is the the protagonist she is the primary focus of the story and for most of the movie she is alone uh, you know that like even during these early tense scenes she's going to to survive so there's not a like not as much tension as there might be if there's a larger cast and like oh someone's in trouble that person might die right now Yep. Like, clearly she's not. I would I would actually be kind of curious to see someone play with that idea. Like, you know, this person is is the main character. Oh, they're dead now. Oh, wait, were they really not the, the folk? And like, which I, I know there's there's been some kind of like bait and switch stuff, but like like really explore that space. That could be interesting. Uh but yeah, so she's she's in these scenarios uh in in the night. She's she's trying to survive, but as you mentioned, you know, the, the next day where most of the, the focus and the action is taking place, uh it's still just her trying to figure out how to survive. Uh she can't quite get off the island. Uh so she's you know finding new ways to hide. She um you know takes her, her tarp and strings it up as a hammock high up between two trees. But the next night, the monster like you know, pulls her out of it. Like so, she's she's got to keep trying again. Um, <clears throat> the she kills a shark uh, at one point, and she hangs it from a tree and like hides to to try to like see the the monster. Uh, this is again fairly early on, and she looks away a moment and hears a branch snap and looks back and the shark is gone and the monster's not there. Uh, the next day, half a body washes up and. Uh, we presume that she recognizes it and, and he's wearing the, the same life vest that she was, uh, but he's pretty, pretty bloated and mangled and disfigured and whatnot. Uh, but she drags that body up and hangs it uh, as Peyton does the next thing. And this time she sees the monster come in and take it away. Uh, and so like she, 
she's kind of seeing what the stakes are for herself. Like she, yeah. she sees this thing comes every night and like she can distract it, but sooner or later it's, it's going to come for her. Yeah. And, and this is the tension we constantly getting is her like, you know, uh, basically trying to avoid the monster at all costs. Um, you know, it's never like, she doesn't instantly want to go fight it. She doesn't instantly, you know, go after it and we don't instantly see it. Um, we, there is a lot of buildup to it, which is really cool. Uh, but, um, something does actually wash ashore that changes everything. Mm. So before we talk about that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Now would be a really great time. If you're listening to this show and you have yet, uh, haven't yet subscribed or followed, make sure to do that, um, right on your podcast player of choice. That way you're notified whenever brand new episodes drop. We drop a trailer episode on Thursday, um, that lets you know what episode we're going to talk about on Sunday. So it gives you time to watch the movie in advance. And then you can uh, listen to us talk about it on Sunday. Um, so that's a great way. So make sure to follow. And of course, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. It's super duper helpful. We would really, really appreciate it. It helps us grow, helps us, you know, get cool guests on. You know, the more we grow, the we can actually call on the people from these movies and yeah. uh, get them in to chat about it, which would be really nice. Um, other great places is uh, Good Pods. If you're uh, using Good Pods, which is like the Instagram or Goodreads of podcasts, mm -hmm. uh, you want to leave a rating and review there. Or Podchaser, which is kind of like the IMDb of podcasts. Uh, that's another good place for you to leave a rating and review. Yeah. Um, but Caleb, if they wanted to see what else we have going on, where else would they go? How dare you ask that? Uh, no, very I mean, rude. <laughs> they, they can uh, head on over to thenohoit.com. That's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com, uh, where, of course, every month we post our schedule of upcoming episodes with links to trailers and where you can find the movie streaming if available. Uh, often it's on... Uh, uh, our friends over at 2BTV.com. But uh, this week, as you mentioned, we're, we're changing it up. Uh, so you know, don't just uh, don't just uh, default to, to frantically searching Tubi for these movies because they might not be there. Uh, but yeah. just below that is a contact form that you can fill out and uh, tell us about the, the movies that you think we should be talking about that, uh, that we're not. Maybe it's a, a movie that you love that, uh, you know, every time you, you tell people about it, they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. You know, it's, the, it's the name of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's a like something from a, a while back that uh, you know you want to bring back to, to prominence that maybe the, the kids aren't uh, familiar with. And, you know, it could be just something that's just absolutely uh, you know batshit insane, amaze bad as uh, as we used to say, mm -hmm. uh, or it could be really great. You know, you never know. But uh, you know, share it with us, and as long as it's one that we can find somewhere digitally available, you know, in an easy to uh, to watch format, and uh, is not going to ruin our days. Which, I mean, that's saying something because we, we regularly ruin our own days. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the goal of the podcast. Exactly. Uh, you know, let us know. We, we, we love to do it. We just did, uh, I think, our, our third full month of uh, listener requests. Yeah, I was going to say, we just did two back-to-back, -back and yeah. then we did one previously. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, keep them coming. We love it. Yeah. Uh, and of course, hit us up on social media at the Nahoit Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. They are linked down below in the show notes. Um, so that being said, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, we will be right back. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi mom. mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. Hey all, it's Michael Fight here, and I want to talk about Sat Condition 1, Night Shift Radio's premier Battlestar Galactica fan cast. Join the crew as they quest for Earth one episode at a time. Newcomer Andrea and seasoned vets Caleb and Kitsy discuss the 2004 sci-fi series as they try to figure out who are the Cylons. 
I hear they look like us now. They just entered the last season of the series, so you've got tons of episodes to binge to catch up before the new series launches next year. Trust me, you'll want to binge when you start the series. Join them at Condition one throughout thepodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories, performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a night shift radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word. Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com slash storyteller. Hello and welcome back. All right, so... Uh, you know, she's had a couple of brushes with the the monster. We know mm-hmm. that it's kind of floating around the island. We know, uh, so far we know, think, that it only comes out at night because that's the only time we ever see it. They um, only come out at night. night. <laughs> Billy Corgan. Um, when I was in high school, I dated a girl who everyone said looked like Billy Corgan, but oh. just because they had the same face shape. Uh, and, like, one day she, like, did something with her hair and like she cut it short or something, and like that was it. She looked like Billy Corrigan for me from then on, and I was like, we can't date anymore. That's really awkward. Yeah, it was really awkward, but it was really weird. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> there's a weird story. So uh, yeah, um, so now you know she she's this you know she's had a few brush uh, brushes with the monster. It slapped around once. She's escaped a few times, but she's like, I need to get off this island. And uh, out in the distance uh, during the day, she sees a floating raft tent, ah. uh, which is pretty ah. freaking cool. Yeah. Think like a bird box, I guess, or whatever. Which the, the tent on the raft, that's that's hella clever. You, know, you don't usually see that. Usually in these uh, you know, castaway survival style movies, the person is like half dead in the heat uh, mm-hmm. because they've been floating on the, the ocean with no fresh water and indirect sunlight for uh, however many years, uh, days, right, weeks, right, and they're just et magically alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So wild to see uh, this this tented raft. That that's. I mean, what will they think of next? <laughs> so off she goes swimming out to uh, get this tent raft, and as she gets close to it, uh, two people pop out of it, uh, fully alive. Surprise, um, motherfucker! <laughs> surprise, motherfucker! And that is uh, Lucas and Mia. Uh, and Lucas, by chance, happens to be her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and Mia. So Lucas, Mia, Brad, and the other person that Zach. wash up on shore, Zach. Uh, we're all basically on a boat, uh, having a little party, you know, a little summer thing and something happened to the boat. It tipped, you know, it, you know, everybody became, you know, uh, shipwrecked and washed ashore and Mm -hmm. these guys made it onto a tent, whereas Brad, uh, and Zach, um, did not. They no. uh, they didn't make it uh, alive, and neither, she didn't make it onto this tent either. Onto this well, uh, so there is an implication that uh, Zach might have made it onto the raft, but we don't yeah. know what happened to Zach. And are we are we in the second half of the show yet? Have we? Oh, did we're in the second half. Yeah, okay. it's it's time. We I can do it. I didn't know if we if we had done it or not. Yeah. Do you hear that? Hear what? It's crazy thundering right now here. Oh, that's weird because it's like big storm was rolling in here too. Yeah. Oh, it rained a lot earlier, but now it's just like nonstop thunder rolling, which means I have to close my windows in a minute. But we'll finish the show first. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so there is a weird implication that Zach might have been on the raft and that something happened and Lucas and Mia fucking stabbed him and threw him off the raft. So, I wasn't kidding. I must have totally blacked out and missed us do the break. <laughs> we totally did. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I totally don't remember that happening. I, okay, I'm, everything is fine here. Everything I'm, is okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. How are you? Um, but yeah, so there there are a couple of hints to us, because um, when... when uh, the very beginning, when Jen and Brad wash up, uh, 
Jen is immediately calling for Lucas. Uh, so we, we get the hint that, okay, there was, there was at least someone else in this group. Uh, and then later we see the, the half a body wash up. Uh, we later learn as Zach, but we don't know who that is at first. And then uh, Mia and Lucas show up in the raft. Um, the, one of the first things that they, they ask about you know, is, where's Zach? So it's like they they don't know for some reason or they don't realize that he's washed up. And uh, she tells them, like, he, he washed ashore a couple of days ago. He was already dead. Brad was with me. He died shortly after. Uh, I get the impression that Brad maybe was dating Mia because Mia's particularly broken up about uh, about him. Yeah. Um, but at one point, um, Jen borrows Lucas's uh, pocket knife. And when she opens it up, because she's she's going to uh, chum him up, chum up some more fish to, to you know, you know to make his Feed bait them. to to catch fish. Because <laughs> her her plan is immediately like, okay, we're gonna get back in that raft and we're gonna go. I'm gonna get us a bunch of food. We're ready. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, she opens up the the knife and she sees blood on the blade. She's like, that's weird. But uh, much like with the uh, you know Brad's dire warning in the beginning, she doesn't linger on it. Um, later on, she gets into the raft. And she sees uh, like blood stains smeared in the the floor of the raft. She asks, "What happened to Zach?" Nobody ever answers her, and I love that because like it, it lets us our imaginations run wild with the idea of like, okay, so uh, Lucas and Mia were alone on this raft. Were they alone? Did they kill Zach to survive? Was there an argument of some sort? Uh, you know, like. The, the movie doesn't imply this at all, but of course uh, I have to admit that my brain goes there and like, how long were they stuck on that raft together? Were they totally just like, oh, we're going to die. So like, we're, we're going to like, uh, uh, eat people. Nah, eat people. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, like, yeah. <laughs> what did they resort to? Um, but what we do know is that uh, Jen does her damnedest to explain, like, this island is not safe. Uh, there is some sort of animal. It's a monster. It, it comes at night. I've, I have seen it. it. I have seen it drag bodies away. We have to go now. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't sound believable, and we're tired, so we're just going to stay here. Yeah, and it becomes one of those, like, very frustrating arguments where she's like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's crazy. And they're like, no, you're crazy. So at one point, you know, after she's starting to, like, gather up supplies, she's like, you know what? Fuck this. So she just starts grabbing the raft and she starts bouncing out like, fine, I'm just going to go and starts, like, pushing the raft out and trying to leave. And uh, uh, they end up getting in, the three of them get into a little bit of a tussle mm-hmm. and Mia hits her over the head with a raft, uh, not with an oar, knocking her out and they end up tying her to a tree. Um, so now she wakes up and Mia's there and Mia's like, hey, like, it's okay. But like, you know, what are you trying to do? Like, were you going to leave us here? And then we get Lucas who, fuck Lucas. No, fuck but, Lucas entirely. But also I feel like this part of the movie was so unnecessary because it, I think it would have worked without any of it. Lucas basically is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why would you leave without us? Like, this is crazy. You know, like, but this is so like you, you know, like, Oh, were you lying? You know, I guess like she, she lied saying that she got mugged before they started this vacation. So like the implication is that she lies for attention. And so they think she's lying about that. Like it becomes this, like they're trying to play the boy who cried wolf thing, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work because they're trying to cram it in the end. And had they just been like, no, we're not leaving because we don't believe you. And we've been on the water. I think that would have worked just fine. I don't think they needed to add in this dumping on Jen thing. Like, I, I am glad that the movie starts where it does and doesn't give us a, a whole, like, setup scene. But I think that that would have worked had we been introduced to the characters earlier. Uh, right. Had we been given, a, like, even just some, like, casual side conversations while they're partying on the boat. And like, oh, like, that's Jen. She just does that. Or, like, Jen, why are you like this? And... Or, you know, just some explanation. Uh, but with Mia being like, you know, 
was this like when you were mugged before we left and Lucas being like, I pay for everything for you. Like, what were you going to do? You were going to leave us here? What were you going to go back to school? How would you afford that? Yeah, Yeah. this is how you pay me back. And it was kind of like, whoa, it was just this weird, like, thing. It it did very much. And I... I wonder. So at at the beginning, we were, we were talking about this, you know, resurgence of or or surgeons to begin with of black horror, and I kind of wonder how much of this is playing off of either uh, the the dynamic, you know, the racial dynamic between her being the only person of color in this film, uh, yeah. or I guess possibly with her, her being a woman. But I mean, it doesn't work as well with Mia. I don't know. Uh, but this idea that you know the um, she she's kind of otherized by them, and yeah. so they they're kind of like standing together as this unified front of like we know what's best for you, and she's like fuck no you don't, right? Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I I would love to talk this you know every now and then we say this I would love to talk more at length with the people behind this movie to, to like understand more what they were going for. Yeah, uh, J.D. Dillard, by the way, is uh, director and one of the credited writers uh, for this film. So uh, that would be very interesting to yeah. to chat with him about it. Maybe you know if he's listening. Hey, J.D., come, let us know. Tell us more about this because like there's a there's a lot of good here. There is, yeah. So so at this point, it's starting to become nightfall. She's still tied up to the tree. And uh, just as she is, you know, Lucas is sitting there with her and they're by the fire and Mia's out walking by the shore, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so she's, she's kind of walking by the shore and she, she reaches down because she sees something in the water. She reaches down and picks it up. And just as she does, we, we see, you know, we, we sense the giant creature looming <laughs> behind her. Um, now, you know, jump over to uh, Jen and Lucas and we hear Mia, you know, uh, freak out, you know, scream. We hear the creature. Lucas goes running uh, to see, like, what's up. He sees the creature. And at this point, Jen's like, set me free, set me free, set me free. We got to go. We got to go. And she's, you know, like uh, trying to break the rope, which she does eventually break the twine yeah. and uh, get out. You know, they have a little battle with the uh, with the creature. You know, she stabs it a few times. You know, Lucas is there. And eventually... They get on the raft um, and they're like, let's fucking go. Like, we're out of here. Let's fucking go. They get on the raft. They start paddling out. They're getting halfway. And just as they are, you know, it's starting to be morning at this point. You know, they've escaped it a little bit. And she's like, you know, it's fine. Like, he never comes out at, you know, he only comes out at night. And just Mm -hmm. as they're floating, you know, and getting and getting going, they see like the bottom of the raft, like it uh, um, messed up. Ooh, it's also important to note that way earlier in the film, when she's out uh, getting the suitcase and all that stuff, she she kind of dives under the water and takes a look uh, yeah. under the water to kind of see if there's anything else around, and she sees basically a big black hole. Yeah, uh, just in the floor of the of the ocean of the sand, and it's just you know it obviously like it's sinking. You know, there's sand like diving in. You know, like being sucked into it. So we see that it's some sort of cavern or sorts. Yeah, but it literally just looks like a black hole. It, the way that the like water is like swirling around the edge, it does. It looks like a portal or like some sort yes. of gravitational anomaly. Just like this chasm in, in the the ocean floor, and that's another one of those things that she tries to explain. And like you know, it comes at night. It comes out of the, this you know, this black hole thing, and it drags bodies back into it. And they're like, sure, it does. Which right. you know, yeah, a lot of what she's saying is hard to believe, but like. You just got there. This person has been surviving on the island for a few days now, and they're telling you this place isn't safe. Maybe trust the person who knows that this place isn't safe. Right. I would just be like, yeah, okay, so what do I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of more reasonable uh, things, sensible things they could have done with that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so, you know, at this point they're, they're off on the raft and then we see that the creature is trying to get in through the bottom of the raft and he's like, but you said it never comes out at night. And she's like, really, Lucas? Like, is this the time to be like, come the fuck on. And so, you know, eventually the creature, you know, rips his hands up through the bottom, grabs it, Lucas, you know, she stabs it. Its head comes up. Lucas shoots the uh, flare at it. It goes down. And then eventually it just reaches up and pulls uh, Jen down into the water. So now Mm -hmm. Jen is being uh, uh, basically, you know, dragged down into his little 
portal. Uh, so the other thing about the black hole, for those of you that didn't watch the movie, is that it doesn't have sides. So like when you see the black hole, like there isn't a side to the hole. Yeah. It's literally just like a cart, like just a black fucking hole. Like, like in it's just a, Looney Tunes like where they portal. have the, the, the portable hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's literally what it was like. It just was a hole in like space and time. But anyways, um, so Jen's being dragged down, you know, and so she, she pulls out the pocket knife and just starts stabbing at the creature. The creature kind of, you know, like stumbles for a second underwater. She starts swimming up and in jumps Lucas. The creature immediately goes after Lucas and just fucking drags him down. Like, that's it. Like, See Lucas ya. is just done, done. Fuck that guy. She, yep. She gets <laughs> up and out. You know, she she sees the raft is, you know, at this point, you, you know, she grabs the raft. She heads back into shore, and she's like, fuck, okay. We need, you know, like, it's just me at this point. So she concocts this big plan where she basically draws the creature inland and traps it into a ring of fire. Mm -hmm. And what she ends up getting for weapons is she finds all the dead bodies from not only her friends, but also from the people that were shipwrecked there beforehand. Yes. She starts making little spears and stabby things with all of their bones and stuff like that. Just leaves them all over the island so she has yep. them at hand whenever she needs them. Which is really fucking cool. So eventually she traps the creature in this circle of fire. They have their big battle. You know, she stabs, stabs, stabs. It throws her around a bench. They eventually get uh, onto the beach. She does eventually end up killing the creature and cutting off its head. And then uh, just before she leaves, she writes down in the little notebook that she found in one of the people's things that basically says like, Hey, this is she. She writes this actually just before her battle with the creature. Mm -hmm. She's like, "Hey, in the event you find my dead body here, like you need to know what happened. There was a creature larger than anything it ever seen. You know, it was larger than any man. It, you know, it swam really. You know, it was uh, uh, walked on land, but was just as twice as fast on water. Yeah, uh, in water, and you know, it it is just insane. And it came out of a black hole, uh, just out of the western." Um, side of the island. Uh, but then she does end up killing the creature, grabbing the head and getting into the raft and fucking off the island. Does she get into the raft? Because the raft is destroyed. I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, I guess... We she don't just... actually ever see her get to leave. The... That's right. Like That's the another one of the kind of brilliant moments of the, this film is that the, the credits roll on... Like, half the island is on fire. She's yep. standing on the beach over the dead corpse uh, of the monster. And like, well, she's carrying its head away. And like, we don't know what happens to Jen. Yeah. So let's talk about the beast. Yeah. Because this is the one part that the very first time you see the beast step into land and you see its legs and its feet, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a semi-aquatic creature. I mean, it's, it's amphibious. We it's, know this. Its head is shark-like. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is humanoid in shape. It stands on two legs and has two arms. Um, and I mean, it has webby fingers, probably at least like eight or nine feet tall. The way she said, like taller than any man yeah. I've ever seen. Uh, you know, we see it looming tall above them, but they're all not particularly large people. Um, right. and as you mentioned, it has four eyes. In fact, uh, you know, in the, the tin of like you know, the deck of cards, the matches, the photos, stuff like that, that she found from, the uh, the other campers there was a the polaroids one of them was taken at night and you, you could see glowing eyes in the uh, in the darkness behind one of the other like people in the photo and like she tries to show her friends at one point like see that's its eyes and they're Which like oh. i picked up on you know, when when they were showing the, the photos but yep. like that again it would be a you know a, a difficult sell uh to people who are already predispositioned predisposed predisposed to being shitty to her right and not believing anything she said yeah. yeah so here's where the creature gets a little confusing because its feet are like hooves yeah yeah they're very very strange design for for an aquatic amphibious creature hooves not like feet with fins or anything like that it just seems very evolutionary inefficient Mm -hmm. it was very weird and that was the only thing that like when that happened i was like oh what it's like but and also, that doesn't like, make sense 
And what is it supposed to be? Is it an alien? Is it a demon? Is it just some like unknown monster of the deep? In which case, why does it live so close to the land? Yeah, I mean, I I love that you don't know that, but at the same time, like, I want to know more. I mm-hmm. I absolutely want to know more. JD um, about this creature. JD, let us know. Is it an alien or is it uh, terrestrial? I need to know. Tell us more. Uh, yeah. So so that's the end of the movie. So should you watch this movie? Yes. Uh, this is yeah. such a great thriller uh, of a movie. Uh, it doesn't dwell on weird monster chases. It, it doesn't really fall into a lot of uh, monster type uh, tropes. It was really, it's really good. I mm-hmm. really like this movie. And even the second time through, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely um, unanswered questions and some 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 ways that I think it could have been better. Uh, but again, I, I love the the small cast. I love the like the lack of dialogue. Uh, and I love just the the showcase on like this one person and like the, the tension you know, created around her. Um, and also, um, Kiersey Clemens is fantastic. Oh, she's great, great. actor. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Great in this. I'm excited to see her as Iris West. Emery Cohen, uh, is just such a fucking sleaze in this. He is, like, he I, does it good? I, I to correct myself, I don't know if Emery Cohen is a sleaze. Emery Cohen's character is a fucking sleaze, and he right. he plays it very well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, watch myself. so Shit. Emery Cohen was in the OA uh, over on Netflix. He mm-hmm. played uh, the main character uh, Homer. Um, he's been in a few other things: uh, Flashback, Killer Man, um, this uh, Lords of Chaos. Uh, so he he's been in a few things here and there. So you probably recognize him. If you were a fan of the OA, you definitely recognized him. Yeah, that's another um, one where I was like, who is this guy? Like I know you, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. Again, if you haven't hit that follow button, go ahead and do so. Uh, tell us what you thought of Sweetheart. Um, tweet at us. Uh, you know, uh, shoot us a message over from our website. Uh, we would love to know uh, what you thought of this movie because yeah. we enjoyed it a lot. So yeah. again, Sweetheart on Netflix. Um, so that'll do it for this episode. Make sure to check out thehuntthenohoit.com to find out what episodes you get to watch for the rest of the month so you can kind of plan your movie nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will see you next time. Yeah. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.